All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, you're one of 12 listeners of the Real Life Podcast, brought to you by Rig Hand Distilleries. Oh, ho, 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 ho. We almost got to get a new theme song. I was just say, is this the last time well, we hear? I don't know. I don't know. It's worked. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Is it Colby Cave that did it, or is this beautiful intro music that did it? Oh, I like to think that he was brought to his knees by the power of satire. Do you think that Colby Cave knows that stat? That he was the oh. last person signed in Boston before Shirelli was fired? He was the last person acquired in Edmonton before Shirley was fired. Because of the beauty of social media, he might not have immediately known, but the, he would have found out for sure. Some One of his boys would have sent it to him because it was out there. Peter Chirelli, out. Gone. Bye-bye, See ya. Peter. Keith Gretzky, the other half of the Gretzky 7 ad, 1985. In. We've been watching a lot of that ad. Interim general manager. We have another Gretzky here to save the day. The prophecy. Of a Gretzky saving the day. I remember. In an interim status. Yeah. Yeah, in an interim status. Is he going to go? The, is he the new GM of the Oilers, you think? No. Oh, no. No? No. Well, who knows? I, uh, it's Who knows, really? But I don't think so. I remember reading the Gretzky book, and he talked about Keith Gretzky as a player. And then Brent was the one who played for the Bolts, right? Yeah. yeah. And he says in his book, I feel bad for my brothers because they're good players. And it, because their last name is Gretzky, everybody's tried to hack and slash them. Everybody's trying to run them from behind. If Keith's last name was anything but Gretzky, he would have a much easier time of it. And now I'm watching him become a GM. And I wonder if it's the same thing. Is Keith Gretzky got a target on his back unfairly? Or was he was one of the guys Chia brought in? Well, maybe Wayne Gretzky is the... This maybe Keith Gretzky is the Wayne Gretzky of GMs. Maybe. And maybe Keith... Aaron Wayne now gets hacked and slashed when he's in the... 
front offices of other teams. Mm. Other managers pee-pee whack them. Maybe. Pee-pee whacking. Maybe that's what it takes. Yeah. Takes a little pee-pee whacking every now and then. So you're betting. Your betting man is Keith Gretzky, the GM in the fall, and is Hitchcock the coach, or is everybody new? I think this is my bet. I'm going to say it today. My bet is that there is no official GM for the rest of the season because for once, the Oilers are going to do things right. For once, they are going to wait for their talent pool to open. No GM until before the draft. Keith is going to coast through the trade deadline, clear out some assets, maybe get some more picks, but that's it. And I don't think Hitch will be back next year either. So I think we're going to have a new GM, new coach. Hitchcock has looked at this. He is going to say, I was retired for fuck's sakes. I don't need this anymore. I can hop my lazy boy to, to, for this. I was watching Prices Right and I was enjoying Mr. Noodle every day at 11 a.m. And now I'm getting up for practice. Hell no. See, I think Hitch is happier now than he's probably been in the last 10 years. It probably is, right? Because the he doesn't care. Probably flowing. We've yeah. got no pressure. Yeah. No. Right. The team, like there ain't nobody blaming Hitch for nothing here. He knows this is probably his last time coaching. Maybe he's got some ho- hometown pride. The last piece of his legacy is to come back and fix the Edmonton Oilers, the Oilers. so he can retire to Sherwood Park and not be shat on. <laughs> if the Oilers are ever going to do a page one rewrite that we have been calling for since time immoral, immortal, immortal? since the beginning of time, bag milk. Never mind. <laughs> if there's ever going to be a time for a page one rewrite of the entire organization, it's right now. Yes. New coach. The ninth coach in the last 10 years it will have been. Do you think there's going to be a point where the new GM or whoever it is that comes in, new Poho, new GM, maybe a guy that gets a combination of both like Shirelli did, where he's going to look around and he's like, yeah, I want this Oilers job. I don't want to be hanging out with all the 80s boys. If Steve Eiserman says that, he's like, I'll come and you have to clean house. I think that's the only type of GM that would have that kind of clout to, to do that. Did you buy... Nicholson's comment that the OBC does not do anything anymore. I'll tell you one thing. I haven't had a glass of tap water since that <laughs> that press conference. People at Epcor told us that wasn't true. When he said there's something in the water, all the hairs on my arm stood up. My blood went cold <laughs> because it's such a crazy good analogy shooting himself in the foot without even realizing it. Something in the water to me. It was a gift. Thank you, Bob. It's like back yeah. in the day, you'd have a town get sick. Yeah. And they couldn't figure out why. And they'd be like, oh, it's because the lady's a witch down at the end of the lane or because the fruit has been cursed by the evil crow god. But nobody understood bacteria in the water or uh, they'd poison a well. And so everybody would be dropping dead. And then somebody at the end, as everyone's dying, goes, maybe something's in the water. They made a funny song about it afterwards. It wasn't probably funny, but it's funny now. But something's in the water. It's like. We're looking at this being this person, and that's completely the wrong problem. We think it's this. It's completely the wrong problem. But in fact, it's like an outside thing that's fucking everybody over that no one's been paying attention to. So much arrogance that they have to reach and blame the water because clearly everything they're doing can't be wrong. And then the double entendre of it, there is something in the water. There is something wrong with the Oilers at a very fundamental level that nine different coaches aren't the problem. And three different GMs aren't the problem. <laughs> there is actually an underlying massive problem yeah. that he offhandedly brings up and then doesn't follow up on. So we've so it's it is evident. It's not the coaching. It's not well. It was the manager to Teeks. We will, we should talk about the follies of Shirelli. Mm. But yeah, it's something greater and bigger than that. And I and, it, and I think it's the layers above. 
when they say that Keith Gretzky is now going to be running decisions by committee, huh. I'm like, did did Chiarelli actually have the flexibility to make his own calls? Like, who signed Koskinen? There's no way. Oh, P.S. Let me rewind. Firing Chiarelli at the end of the second period. <laughs> well, there's a whole thing there. Go, go on. ahead. No, no you, you go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, I want to know. So he got asked the question, when did they make the call? Yeah. He said, and he fumbled away through it because I'm transcribing this interview for the nation. He's fumbling his way through it. He says, it got made before the game. No, it was a couple of days ago. Okay, well, if it was a couple of days ago, why was Peter Shirelli at the arena in the first place? And a couple of days ago is when we signed Costin. Exactly. Yeah, there was exactly. no need for it. Exactly. The whole thing is... And how do bullshit. they... They get let him get to the second intermission, then they fire him, and then they say, because we want him to be able to leave the building. There isn't a soul on earth who's like... Just saw Chia driving away at the end of the second. <laughs> no, yeah, never. That makes it worse. <laughs> no one's ever said that. No one's ever said that. And he parks <laughs> underground and he can just get into his car and leave out the 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 outbound mail chute there. You fire him at the end of the second period. Then you don't <laughs> take his name off the website for five days. Is it, is it down now? Now it is. That's so funny. On Friday, I go bombing upstairs. That's I'm like, so boys, funny. you'll never guess. Thinking I'd found something. Because I honestly went to the Oilers to read up on Keith Gretzky. <laughs> yeah. They still had Chia. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. They got right upstairs. And Bagel looks like, no, no, no. People have been tweeting that all day. That is what's in the water. That ham-fistedness and disregard for your fellow team member. That you fire him in the middle of the second, then don't take him <laughs> off the website for five days. So where do you think the truth lies? Is it the do you think they legitimately fired him during the second intermission? Because that's what I actually think happened. I bet you Peter Chirelli has been walking <laughs> around on eggshells the entire year. Yes. I bet you every time he goes to the bathroom, he wonders if he comes <laughs> back if he'll be walked out. Of the building. Just a bunch of boxes sitting on his desk. Always. Like his yeah. plant went home four months ago and he's like, I can't let that fight. Where'd my fish on. go? But how are you that? Like, is it, are you inept or are you actually like an asshole to treat people like that? Or are you scared? Are you scared to make the decision because you guys are all buddies and firing your friends is hard? There's got to be a layer to that because Bob Maybe. Nicholson and Peter, they had that connection from Hockey Canada and it goes back to the Olympics and blah, 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 blah. Do you know what I mean? There has to be like a part of it where that was hanging in there. Here's what really, really is freaking me out since this conversation. So I mean, I'm in, I'm all in. I don't know if you heard bag milk, big fan of the oil. Go ahead. (laughs) You want to sell me a Mark Fain Jersey? Let's do it. I'll take 10 (laughs) extra, extra, extra large in case I let it go one day. And I got to keep my Fain Jersey. Who is in charge? Who's in charge? Who is the person where the buck stops here on the old desk? Who is out? Who is in charge? It's not Nicholson in charge. Nicholson looked to me like that. What was the, the Korean guy who was the inspector general of the UN? Like oh, Kim uh, Bay Moon or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kofi Annan before that. You're yeah. like, you don't really have soldiers. Like, maybe you talk to all the countries, but you're not in charge of shit. He strikes me as like an old politician who's like probably awesome at dealing with the IAHF or flying to meet with the people about the Olympics and doing a, you know, I don't even know what you would call when you're making decisions for the Olympic team. Everybody wants to play for you. All right, I'll take all the best. He doesn't strike me as the guy who is going to like stand up for the program and be like, this is what's acceptable. This isn't what's acceptable. I'm firing Peter Trell at the end of the second period. I don't see him making that call. He knows nothing of the program. He just knows how to monetize a brand. Because he got a Mars bar deal with the Olympic program? Exactly. <laughs> Like he would always be the one that come out after Canada won gold and world juniors and like do the speech when, you know, it was 
the coach and the recruitment side. He he didn't sign off on what who what, what the roster was. Yeah, well, and he didn't have so any how hard can decisions. he oversee a guy? How can he be the guy who oversees the guy who's in charge of the roster? But then why is Trelli in charge of the Oil Kings? Oh yeah, on it, top it, of everything else, if you're got a guy, you're like, okay, he's really beholden to nobody at this point. Let's put some more responsibilities on that plate. Like nothing makes sense. Who's making these calls? I know. Well, after that uh, press conference, <laughs> the next man on the witch hunt is the Burger Man. The guy that's is how much he loves branding. Fucking branded his own burger. I respect. Did he make that call though? I don't think so. Someone's gonna be. Like, you better name a burger after yourself. You think he walked in and was like, "Hey, first things first, the Bobby Nick. Uh, that's the new name. That's right." <laughs> I think it was like. Someone, someone's, someone's putting a gun to his head saying, hey, you better fucking name a burger after yourself. You don't think that the lady or the guy who came from, wasn't there someone who came from like Seattle to run the uh, Rogers place? Didn't they bring in like a big time arena manager? Yeah. You don't think that she was like, hey, guess what, Bobby? Here's a present for you. We named a burger after you. Fuck. I don't know who's making that call. But when you're, when you're, <laughs> <laughs> who do you look to and say, this is the person who's ultimately going to fix the problem? Oh, it's that person doesn't exist right now. That's the <laughs> shitty thing. That's the thing where I'm going so fucking crazy. Yeah, is because we don't have any fucking accountability at, in the in the management or higher up level. None. We just get up and be told that it's oh, it's got to be the water. Yeah. And I was pretty sure that he did a uh, what was it a two year forensic audit. What happened to that? And forensic audit still doesn't even make any fucking sense given what he was sent to do. Forensic audit is a statement that you make to me. You're like, guess where I was last week? I was at a five-day EMBA in Phoenix online. All right. And one of the terms I learned was forensic audit. Like, Mm. it's gibberish used by a business person who doesn't even understand what they're talking about. Yeah, to me, that press conference, he asked a lot of questions of somebody if you had been paying attention that you should have already known. Do you know what I mean? He did not answer any of the tough questions. No, I think Wani nailed it when he said he was very political in his speaking. But like he's even very the politician. Ones, yeah, it, it it was like the one where they're saying like, "Hey, you've got like your season ticket or your 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 luxury box holders. That's all coming up for renewal. Like, is there a concern?" And he just starts talking about how he needs to get more effort out of the team, out of the players. Here is what a forensic audit is defined as, and you tell me how funny it is. I'm like, it doesn't even make any sense. A forensic audit is an examination and evaluation of a firm's financial information for use as evidence in court. A forensic audit can be <laughs> conducted in order to per- <laughs> this is actually a forensic audit can be conducted in order to prosecute a party for fraud or embezzlement. So they brought a guy in here to do a forensic audit. Meaning they have robbed us and defrauded us out of millions of dollars. Well, fuck! They're 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 putting a price tag on on something that the, we're not getting the value in return. Like it is the fucking fire festival. Everyone's paying bulk coin because they love this team so much, and any player who wears the logo, and they're they're exploiting that. And we show up, and we continue to support, and they don't respect us. They won't be accountable to us or transparent. <laughs> Fuck, I think you get better value going to the fire Festival than being a fucking luxury box owner at the, at, at the Oilers. They had cheese sandwiches. Yeah. yeah. They had cheese yeah. sandwiches. They took away our roast beef. <laughs> like, it's, 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 there's so many similar, when I watch that documentary, I'm like, the similarities there are, the arrogance, just that it's all just going to work out. Just keep put. we got to go live. It's just going to, it's just going to magically work out. Like, that's what we just, I think they're just going to try to wish Something to happen. They're supposed to fucking do any action. Bring in, bring in an opposing opinion. Someone who actually wants to come in and like build a team. 
that's that that, that that's got the expertise to do it, or and maybe put them on some kind of leash and not let them do the, some of the fucking dumbest moves in hockey that we've seen under Shirelli's watch. Yeah, because if that's management by committee, if they crowd funded crowdsourced those decisions, then we're in a whole lot of trouble. You have to think that they did, especially Brad Melk when he broke down. We made the decision to fire him a few days ago. Oh, wait, it was today. Oh, wait, it was a second intermission when I came back after having my own burger. He's not paying for that thing. (laughs) (laughs) Who makes that call is my first question. And two, if it was made a few days ago, why in the flying fuck was Koskinen signed to a three-year deal for Happy Boolin money Mm -hmm. if Chiarelli's on his way out the door? Or was it even made? Was was it made right after the game frantically just to show the, uh, like, and, and that's just the narrative that they're saying? And they just did it out of like desperation, which just seems to do they do everything way after the fact. Friedman came out thirty one thoughts. I think it was Elliot Friedman, and he said something about you got to stop listening to the fans. Somebody said this in the last little while. Maybe it was Ronick. I don't remember who it was. One of these pricks piling on. But are the is the OEG scared of Oilers fans, or are they indifferent to Oilers fans? Because when you have eight head coaches and ten, is that what it was eight and ten, something like that. That's no ability to create any sort of program because your number one issue probably at this point is coach turnover and running yeah. eight different systems. It's in not 10 the years. fans. The fans. But are they scared of us? Or are they indifferent to us? They're not scared of us. Like, sorry, they're scared of us to a point, in the sense of financially, they they are scared about season ticker renewals and luxury box renewals, and 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 that's the rumor you're hearing is why they made the decision to fire Shirelli was more of a financial thing because of fan pressure. Really? Well, you know what? Good for us. Yeah. Amen. Fucking rights. Like, this is why we're, we're fans. We're a fan of your product. Do not fucking take us for granted. We're going to talk when we get back here. Have you ever seen the show Jay Sutherland for Life on Netflix? Ooh, I've seen it. I got, I got to put in the quee. Let's talk about it here. We'll be back after this real life podcast. Have you got holes to dig, earth to pack, and roads to build? Then you need to call Jabba Machinery Group. Does your equipment need a service? You can't fix stupid, but here at Jabba Machinery Group, we can fix everything else. With a full range of parts to keep your equipment running smoothly, Jabba Machinery Group is a family-operated and Alberta-grown business. Here to help build a bigger and better Western Canada. Give us a call or visit us at jabbamachinery.com. Jabba Machinery Group. Join the family. We're back, real-life podcast. Fired up. Chia out. Problem probably not solved. Is there an early consensus? Well, it was interesting. We we went to break talking about the fans and whether or not the Oilers are scared of them. On Oilers Nation Radio on Friday, we spoke to George LaRock. NBD. And he said, Oilers fans need to ramp it up. <laughs> really? That they're yeah. not aggressive enough. He says, if you think being playing in Edmonton is tough, try playing in Montreal. He says, we've been very tolerant. To still like want to support a team that's been so bad for so long. He says fans have every right to be angry and they should be angrier given the results on the ice. So we get tuned out. I thought when the nation started up that we were going to make like friends with crews of bloggers like ourselves in other cities. We get together on Skype calls and compare notes and shit like that. I don't know 11 years in a single Habs fan. Still. I know a few just because they're yeah, not many. Yeah. How are the fans crazier? Like, are they crazier on social? I think that uh, in the media and on social and in sports radio and in just generally voicing displeasure, Habs fans are known to be crazy. Mm-hmm. They'll lose a game and they'll riot in the streets. They're psychos. My fear you is can't that, have that your we're own. not considered crazy or considered chumps. 
we're viewed as chumps by the whole world because we're the fans of other people's poor shitty decisions like for bob nicholson to go out in his in his press conference on whatever day that was and be like well you know what i think i think that we need to get to a point where players are spending more time in the ahl and that we're bringing up right prospects instead of trying to overwrite overwrite prospects like so that's a no no fucking shit bob like we've been doing the same thing for 13 years now and it hasn't worked and you're just coming to this realization like now? I've solved it. That's what we should do. Well, why the fuck weren't we doing that all along? Can I just give you a definition of what the word overripe means? Seeing as I'm going to look up everything Bob Nicholson says. When you have an overripe something, it means it's too ripe and past its best. So we've got a guy in here doing a forensic <laughs> audit, which means we're going to look through your numbers and for purposes of court because of fraud. And then we're going to take all of our prospects and leave them in the AHL till they're overripe. Pre- if I'm Kate, I'm not laughing, man. Oh. I'm watching this shit. I, I would fucking give, hope so. I would give anything. Daryl Cates is not crazy. Daryl Cates is not an idiot. I would give anything to watch Daryl Cates' face as he's watching that press conference, listening to his guy use very basic terms. Should have fired him. On oh, the fucking the spot. I would have too. I would have, in, when he said there's something in the water, yeah. I would have done like they do in the movie Contact. Remember yeah. when Jodie Foster's pitching for her money to go to see the aliens and there's the camera and then it buzzes and then there's a phone. The guy picks up and he says, you'll have your money. And it was that guy with the goggles that flies around the jet all day long. Yeah. There'd have been a fu- ring, ring. I'm sorry. Hold up. Mr. Nicholson, there's a phone call for you. What? When this phone rings, like you're fucking fired. Something's in the water. That is a, what people say when they are out of ideas. And when you're out of ideas, you need to be shown the door. Yeah. If he doesn't think he knows the solution, which clearly he doesn't, because he was obviously panicked in his press conference and reaching for a statement, and that's what he grabbed. Yeah. Then he's not fit to do it. And I would or argue. Put him in, or yeah. put him where he needs to be. Chances are he's not in charge. This is what's actually super fucked up. I think it's been decision by committee. Like, oh no, no, we don't need a GM. We'll just throw, uh, we'll throw Keith in there, and then we'll keep running it as a keep running it as a crew. Is what has fucked us since two thousand six. I'll tell you the move that ultimately fucked us. And yeah, we can get mad about Spooner and fucking <laughs> Kajula for Manning, which drives me nuts. But it's we had, and I didn't count. I, I you know what? I should have fucking counted the time. Before, of, of, of actual real joy we had as Oilers fans before the Oilers already fucked it up. 2015, draft day. It was 400 like- people at the pint downtown to come see Connor McDavid get drafted. We already knew it was happening, but everyone showed up because they wanted to be with, with each other yeah. to watch this. Yeah. So the Oilers don't fuck that up. They go to the stage and they say the right name. Yeah. Connor McDavid. Hot dog. 23 minutes, let's say, elapses, <laughs> where we're just like, everything is fixed. And they go and they fucking make that announcement of Griffin Reinhardt for our other first round and our second round. And everyone in the room was just like, what the fuck? I remember we were standing together on the far side of like, so the, so the near side of the bar when you walk in the pint. Mm-hmm. We're sitting there watching. And I was like, oh, that's great. That's the guy from the Oil Kings. And you just turned and looked. You're like. That is probably going. I remember you're like, I don't want to get mad because Connor McDavid just got drafted, but that is going to be one of the worst trades we will ever make. You're right. It was 23 minutes. It, it was something like, so for 23 minutes, we had it right. Yeah. And then we fucked it all up. And we're, we're like, just even if you don't draft Barzell, you draft someone else that's, that's probably a roster player. And we definitely probably would have drafted Shabbat 
uh, with our second round. Imagine those two guys on our team right now. I can tell you who's not a roster player. <laughs> He's not a roster player in Vegas or in their NHL team. Oh, Griff? Oh, yeah. my God. And, and then Bob has to be like, we're going to overripe everyone and, and, and we're going to focus on prospects. That was the fucking, that was the time to focus on prospects. The second definition of overripe, according to the Google. What's the Urban Dictionary version of overripe? I wonder how <laughs> it says nasty for that is. exaggerated or overblown. <laughs> Oh. Well, Griffin, Griffin Reinhardt was overripe. He was an overripe prospect. Maybe oh, meaning exaggeration right. or overblown. So, Bob's right. We were we are focused on overripe prospects. Unless the guy in charge has such a fundamental lack of a grasp of what's going on, like he considers calling somebody overripe to be ready to if, rock. If if, if 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 that trade doesn't happen, then everyone can stop looking at the Eberly trade and the Hall trade because those were all necessary. I, <laughs> I don't know that the Everly trade was necessary. I think it was. I think the Hall trade is necessary. No, I think the Everly, I think that was a good salary cap move. And like, it's not like Everly's lighting it up in, in, in the Islanders. Everly was more of like a good guy, local sex symbol. Well, yeah, I'm sorry, Wanya, but he would be the other sport. He wasn't a five on five guy. He had his opportunity to be. He still would have been playing better on this team for the last two years than Spooner or. Oh, well, uh, well, right now I would like, well, but arguably who would be a better, like, like Strom was a responsible third line center, and he w- probably would have put up more points this season if he wasn't anchored to the Luch scenario. Just you know, like that that all had an effect on. But he was still like he was still playing very defensively responsible. He 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 was not a threat. He was he he, he helped he helped whatever line he was on. He helped from a def, uh, from a goals against standpoint, and we you know as you can tell we need some help there. And now we've just filled it now with all these liabilities, not not necessarily financially, but like liabilities on the ice. And it's not Brendan Manning's fault he got traded for Drake Kajula. No, and 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 it's not Brendan Manning's fault that he signed that expensive ticket he did with Chicago. I would have, of course. And it's not Luch's fault that he signed that ticket. It's just all these decisions, you know, you know, all fall on us now, and are and have now created this disastrous situation that. Someone who knows and has some fucking tricks under his sleeve can remedy with some kind of shortened timeline. I think that. So I remember seeing someone send a photo on Twitter and they're like, hey, look, McClellan's at Earl's eating lunch. And this is before he signed. Remember, we we're looking at it. Yeah. We we're like, what the fuck is McClellan coming here? And then Chia, I thought she was great because I wasn't paying attention. I talked to some Bruins fans last week online. I won't get into it, but it wasn't good. What they what they think he did to Boston, he did to us. Yep. They're like, the problem with um, Chirelli was that he didn't understand at all what bad hockey players were worth contract-wise yep. and signed a bunch of third and fourth line plugs. You couldn't tell a difference between any of them, and everyone made too much money. Right? But <clears throat> if you go back and you remember the day when Chia and, and McClellan are coming in and we're like, oh, good. The boys in the bus are no longer in charge. Was the problem that they stayed in charge through a shadow government? Or was the problem that they brought in people who legit weren't boys in the bus? And I would say McClellan didn't fuck anything up. But was Chia worse than the boys in the bus running the team? Or is it that the boys in the bus are still making decisions by committee? Well, you guys are thinking about that. Urban Dictionary, Jay. Overripe. A hottie with a fine ass. Mm. Them oh, je- so maybe that's what Bobby was going Urban Dictionary on our ass. Okay. Them jeans is plump. That ass be overripe. Ooh. 
Hot damn. I love me some overripe. <laughs> Forensic audit on that shit. <laughs> I just think that based on his history, what yeah. he's done, Shirelli is a bigger problem. Sure, the old boys are still there and they've made some weird calls and I agree. And but are they still sh- making calls? That's my question. That's a good question, but I just think looking based on his history, what he did in Boston, like the fans were telling you, the Bruins fans, yeah. Shirley fucked it up. Yeah. No, they say, yeah, yeah. Cap hell. He fucked it up in every which way. He found new and creative ways to fuck up. Didn't we have to give Boston a draft pick? Second round pick. Yep. That second round draft pick turned out to be Bobby Orr. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, Cates has young Connor coming in and he made rapid moves reorganize the like after the lotto to the actual lotto it was a completely different organization i thought yeah that met connor at the draft table than what had been there remember yeah. mac t's end of the season like we made seven or eight passes in a row in some plays remember that yeah <laughs> fuck yes while nicholson saying something's in the water is worse than that yeah and saying that uh they need more character in the room they just replaced culture with character now we got the new buzzwords going can people without high levels of managerial character attract character into the room. I don't think they can. I don't think they put a value on it. I think that's why they let guys like Hendricks go because they don't value character. The the old adage that my girl rock star in this past season of big brother. Oh, I looked at her on Instagram the other day. She is aging poorly. Overripe. (laughs) She is overripe. Time for a forensic audit. Um, to, to, to quote her game recognizes game. So someone with character will recognize someone with character and they'll also be able to like build a rapport with each other. So character can attract character. One thing that I was looking for in that press conference was any ownership of what happened by Nicholson or saying we fucked up or, or maybe any of that sorry stuff for where we're at right now. And a sorry would be to nice like, to me. How can you have strong leadership at any level in any job in any industry in any company? If your management team isn't willing to accept responsibility for what went wrong. I don't think they're being I don't think they're being coached. I don't think like Nicholson, how do you go out and He have, was clearly not rehearsed. How so. do you go out yeah? How do you go out there and talk to Oilers fans after letting Chirelli go and you're not even banging the Connor McDavid drum? He mentioned Yamamoto by name. Gotta gotta keep guys down the A like Yamamoto. He's great. And then was like, yeah, yeah, and blah, 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 Connor McDavid. Like there was no long soliloquy about Connor McDavid being the greatest player in the league. And there was no long soliloquy about how Leon Dreisaitl's on pace for 102 points. And the last time two players cracked 100 points in the same team was 1876 in the Montreal Maroons. And like, those are your talking points if you're well-rehearsed and well-coached to go out and face the hordes. This is just like slapdash, fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants bullshit that would allow you to trade two fir- first and second rounder for Griff, not knowing he's a hot mess. <laughs> Oh God! Like, <laughs> he played for the Oil Kings, and then yet, and what's his nuts? Bob, whatever, was then, like, we got to get him. Yeah, Bob and Green. then yet, Trey Fitz, Fix Lewent, Wolanski. Sorry, I butchered that. I'm a Moose Jaw Warriors fan. Um, is playing right under their noses and playing exceptionally well, and he went like the seventh or sixth round or something. And where is he lighting it up now? Never even heard. Oh no, he's still he's, he's like oh, he's, he's first or second in the dub in scoring. Property of yeah, he was. A, he like was he's a, right under. He's right oh, under the nose. But he hasn't been drafted yet. He is he's a, been drafted by who? He, yeah, seventh round pick yeah. in 2018 by the Columbus Blue Jackets. There you go. 
So we we Who couldn't just take a flyer, yeah, yeah no. with our fifth overall pick or our sixth overall pick on a, like uh, I like what they did with Tyler Benson in terms of like that project, like that's like those are the types of reaches I like. Um, so like it just blows my mind. Like you're, you're if you're the president of both teams, you should know a lot about this guy. Well, and also that didn't make sense in the first place. Like Gregor wrote about it ages ago. While Shirelli was the only GM in the NHL that also had to, for some reason, watch after a junior team. Didn't make any sense at all. And didn't he do a press conference where expecting a bunch of accountability? He came out and started talking about the Oil Kings. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let's take a break. We got much more to yell about here on the Real Life Podcast. SumoJerky.com. You've been through the gas station. You've seen all the flavors. Teriyaki, black pepper, Maybe extra hot, sweet chili. That's about as exotic as it gets. But if you subscribe to Sumo Jerky at sumojerky.com, check them out online, enter your preferences. They source out the finest small batch handcrafted ma and pa jerky from all over the world. They have all your favorite flavors, but it's high quality handcrafted versions of your favorite flavors, and they get exotic as well. Exotic jerky from exotic animals or play it straight and stick with beef. Enter your preferences at sumo jerky.com it shows up once a month deliver it as a gift if you like have it sent to your work for a little pick-me-up during the day sumo jerky.com follow them on instagram at sumo jerky for pictures of their meat or sign up for the service yourself sumo jerky.com once a month meat delivered right to your door it's the home delivery service you didn't realize you need until it started showing up my favorite day of the month is sumo jerky delivery day sumo jerky.com to get started there's two ways we can go in my mind my bag milk go ahead First way is that Cates wakes up again and does like he did after we won the lotto for the Connor lotto and says, it's time to go outside of our echo chamber and make a move. And they go like Shanahan mode. When, they, when the MLSE brought in Shanahan, Lou Lamarillo was there. There were old ghosts everywhere all around the league or sorry, all around the offices. And they legitimately let Shanahan make moves. How long has he been there now? Four or five years? Something like that. Yeah. Shanahan really, I think, has done a remarkably good job. He went outside the box all over the place. Ten-year-old general manager? Yeah, exactly. Shanahan plan is legit. It is is legit. It's a bummer, too. Super bummer. What do you mean? It's a bummer that watching the Leafs be so good. That was supposed to be the Oilers. Yep. And it drives me crazy. Yeah, they're struggling right now, and they've lost some games. Blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Willis yeah. had a tweet. Sorry, buddy. Sorry. Go ahead. No, what did Willis say? Willis said, the obvious, and this pains me, and this is right on topic, though. The obvious template for Edmonton's rebuilt front office is clear. Toronto. The Oilers have the resources to go heavy into analytics, hire a credible team with varied experiences, and be at the leading edge of modern hockey thinking. That should be the goal. Well, and it's interesting, too, because I feel like under Mac T, they tried to go that way. A with little Dello? bit. Like they brought in Dello. He was like the high-end analytics guy. At least they were trying to move into that environment. I heard some stories about Peter Shirelli when he came in uh, asking like, what does PDO mean? And like, that's a very basic analytic that a general manager should know. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like they were trying to go there and then it just went roaring back to the Stone Age. So I don't know, man. I couldn't believe Elliot Freeman said in his 31 thoughts that Dello, like he went out of his way to pump Dello. He was like, Tyler Dello is very smart and he will work in the league again. Probably will. Dello. Good. Good on him. I always think Adela was one of us, even though everybody bickers with him and stuff. I like him. Yeah, so do I. He's, He's very talented. It was amazing how they shut him up. I wish that, like, that's what I, I miss. I miss the outspoken Della. Yeah. 
I don't know what they signed him to. Probably the same type of agreement if you want to be Kim Kardashian's nanny. Oh, yeah. You are not talking about no, 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 shit. No. I bet you he knows some stories. Oh, he's seen some. There's got to be a shelf light on, on the, whatever that NDA looks like. <laughs> he's seen some horrible things. Horrible things. So the one road they go down is Kate wakes up and goes off grid and gets somebody in here to do Shanahan mode. And a new person comes in and says, this guy is in charge of the program because nobody is right now. And I think that that's never been more evident than the Nicholson uh, press conference. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that they didn't even send Gretzky out. Like Keith? Wayne or Keith. Keith, too. Well, you you, don't, I haven't heard a peep out of Keith. I don't think you put Wayne because like Wayne's on it. Wayne's just an ambassador. I don't sure. think you put out. But once again, we don't want to turn the fans against Wayne. No, no, I don't. But that's why I think that I'm surprised they didn't send him out. I think Wayne's the only guy who can come out, say some shit and then have com- people calm down. I don't think Nicholson calmed anything down. Well, that it just showed arrogance in the sense of like, I'll just go up and talk like and they'll just accept what I say. As opposed yeah. to like, hey, PRT, like, let's actually like come like, what should we actually say? Yeah. I suppose like, I'll just wing it. Like, remember the Rangers and they rolled out like their presentation. Yeah. About what they had to do. There was like data and like things written down. Mm-hmm. And then they put it on the website. There was like a link to a story, like a blog post where they're like, here are our core values and da 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 da. Oh, well, we got a, a quasi handwritten letter from Bob Nicholson, Nicholson saying about everything's going to be fine. This season. We got Peter Russell or Patrick Russell fucker. or Pedro Russell, whatever the hell his name is. Even when the we- even the letter that he sent out to season ticket holders on the day that Shirelli was fired was just like there was no sorry about that. No, none. Be nice, though. Maybe a card. Nice little card. Some with pop ups. Make me smile for once. If they don't go Shanahan mode. And they don't go off grid and they don't bring in somebody who they're actually going to turn over the program to. Does anything change with a new GM? So Shanahan is, uh, and this is Wikipedia, mind you, he is the Leafs president and alternate governor. So Shirelli was the POHO, president of hockey operations. They could just bring in a Shanahan type, stick him in that spot, and then a GM below him. Hmm. Think. You would think. Or Cates has to go full Pocklington and be the GM. I couldn't believe that the other day. I was looking at an old Oilers book. Pockington was the GM for a little bit. I didn't know that. Wasn't he? Or maybe I got this wrong. God, no, I, 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 I believe that. <laughs> I am the GM. Now. Remember, he tried to trade complete squads with the Maple Leafs. Team Is that for a team? team? Jesus. Different times back then. It was the wild, wild west. I've said this before, but I blame my parents specifically for settling in this region and making me be an Oilers fan by birth. Oh, God bless them. No. We're, we're very lucky to have you. <laughs> Thank you. And it's it's people like you and like all of us, all 13 people listening to us that make Edmonton an area special. I'm starting to feel, I've always been feeling sort of bad for us as Oilers fans. I'm starting to feel real bad for us as Oilers fans. No, he was never the GM. I put that up in my head. Well, he, he, he acted like one. But that seemed like a Pocklington move, you know yeah. what I mean? He's like, I'm the GM now. I am the coach now. Was Jerry Jones the GM of the Cowboys? Was Steinbrenner the GM of the? He would well. He was very. If he wasn't, he was very active. Like Steinbrenner did deals. Like, like you, you've you've got Jerry owner- Jones has been the owner, president, general manager. There you go. <laughs> Since nineteen eighty nine. There That's you. That's how you do it. Sorry, not Pockington. Pockington sucks. So yeah, no. If we don't bring someone who's gonna actually have talent and that can run on their own, and, and at least defeat- given or at least given a runway. To make all decisions. 
I can just see everybody going into their meetings at fancy OEG headquarters and just debating things. To, this is why I didn't watch Oil Change. Who are, you, who are you talking about today that they wanted so bad? Or Coombe was talking about. There was somebody they wanted so bad in Oil Change. Oh, they were like, they they basically hung a uh, Mission Accomplished banner over Jared Smithson. Jared Smithson. It was a fourth round pick for Jared Smithson at the trade deadline. We got him, they said. We got the guy we wanted. There's like 20 people in the room masterminding yeah, this I deal. watched that and I believed. See, I didn't watch it. They fucking preyed on my innocence. I never watched one episode. <laughs> you, but They're I the wa- only people to block me on Twitter in the history of the app. Aquila or, what, or no, whatever they're called. Oil change. The show. Block me. Unbelievable. They didn't see the Twitter updates. Unbelievable. See, like they could show that same program, just a different cast of characters today. I'd buy all. I'd buy it again. That's my problem is I keep buying this bullshit. You know, and that's, yeah. It's- I, like when Bob Nicholson says that they're going to do a thorough search and find the right person for the job. I, in my heart, believe that that's true, even though my head's like, you moron. I know. Stop it. And this is what this is what gets exploited uh, with the business side of that, is that we're just loyal. And then they, and they preach it. They're, they're even incepting us with saying loyal, loyalty. Like, we are that in spades, in absolute spades. If this was Columbus or Carolina, there'd be five people showing up at the games. But we love any fucking person who who earns the ability to put on that jersey. We are going to support through and through. Even if it, it is Brendan Manning who we shouldn't have, I'm still going to respect him as an oiler. Yep. And then saying the fans are negative, I think is just like final level of detachment. At, at, at some- hey, what's wrong with you guys? Why are you all so negative? Motherfucker, do you have any idea? It'd be like we got season tickets to the theater for 12 years and didn't hear a song. At some point, because there's been this giant gulf of time, and in that gulf has just been crap. At some point, and we're well past that point, we are entitled to a fucking competing team. A measure of customer satisfaction. So, yeah. So, you know what? I, 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 I hope they bring in the right person. And I hope, you know, this person's given the autonomy to do their things. And I stop hearing rumors about, oh, that that trade that 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 uh, trade at the draft was actually from the old guard. I, I don't want to hear that shit anymore. Whoever made that same trade signed Koskinen. Exactly that establishment. Whoever made the same the same deal to get in Griffin Reinhardt is the same people given yeah. Koskinen a no movement clause. Yeah. So yeah. So I just want to leave it at that because I'm getting upset. Hey, man, you got to get upset. Well, the well gal- if you're not getting upset, you're not paying attention. Buddy, I, I had to check myself last week because I was fucking <laughs> irritable to everyone in my life <laughs> because of this. Like, I just couldn't, like, I just, I just wanted to be left alone and just kind of, like, deal with it. But I, I just thought, like, I had to check myself. Like, what, like, why, why are it, why, like, I was having a conversation. Why are you feeling like this? Because I just had to, like, dump it on someone. And, uh. All fucking roads led to my frustration with the team. Like that's that's insane. So I had to kind of create a little separation there. So what I'm happy about right now is I like the leadership that Connor McDavid, because that poor motherfucker had to had to go through that firing and Classic. be sent 
right down into the hotbed of hockey media at the All-Star Game. The hey. Oilers will send Connor and Leon down to face the assembled NHL media hordes, then not update the goddamn website for five days saying Chirelli got fired because they yeah. all went on their All-Star break. And that shows you the accountability. We were, and, the and, and Connor obviously doesn't want to talk about that stuff. But, you know, just I just fuck. We, we are so lucky to have this guy and we can't fuck this up. Like for him to go on there and just say, I can't wait to come back and prove people wrong. He. He is a saint in the sense that we were talking about it before the All-Star break or before the game. We we're just like, oh, man, this sucks. Like the entire league's media is gathered in one spot Everybody knows Connor and Leon are there. Everybody knows what he's going to talk about. He comes out and says, listen, I don't want to talk about this. Let's talk about this weekend. Let's have some fun. And then they still keep asking. And rather than get mad, he answers the questions politely. He throws a challenge on himself to drag the team back into it. And then it just didn't end there. It didn't end there. He had to do a sit down with Elliot Friedman. He had to get asked point blank by Ken Campbell, do you want to leave Edmonton? What did he say? He said, no, of course not. I'm here to be part of the solution. Good. Oh. And I would just, is there nothing the Oilers could have done to protect them in that, in that instance? Couldn't they have sent something like, isn't that what JJ's there for? If you're not going to take him down off the website and you're going to have an interim GM, you could have fired him after the All-Star break. When they're back with their own team and they're not, what's the, what's the mental work? Walk me through being like, let's send our two best players to where all the other good players are and have them feel like pieces of shit. It's crazy. And that's the thing. He's now amongst peers from other teams and you know, they're asking them like in the locker room, they're talking shit. What I hope though, and I'm fairly certain would be the case is that if you were another player and you're like, Hey Connor, what's up with the Oilers? Don't you suck? Connor's going to look at you with a death glare because in his mind, he is the Oilers. And by saying the Oilers suck to Taylor Hall, he'd be like, yeah, those guys are pieces of yeah. shit. Whereas when you say it to somebody with some actual fucking backbone and character, they're like, I'm the captain of the team, you piece of shit. I thought his, I thought his interview with Elliot Friedman was really interesting in the sense that he carefully planned out what he was going to say to his teammates, which was the same thing he said to the press, that if you're not with oh, us, whoa, get the fuck out of here. he kind of prepared himself? Yeah, he prepared first, himself. Oh, okay. And he, he didn't use it, a bunch of business jargon oh. completely incorrectly? No. Did, did he say he's got a Brita water filter and a Culligan waterman delivering water and refuses to drink water from the North Saskatchewan? Well, what I heard after he won the fastest skater and Leon won the passing contest and the skills contest, they both got texts from Bob Nicholson asking to steal as much of San Jose's water, get it into their bags and bring that back with them. That's what I heard. I don't know if that's true. That could be something I made up. I don't know. But just the whole thing that they are in the eye of the storm, there was no protection from the organization, though I don't know what they could have done. You could have waited. Waited. Or have any decision hockey decisions been made since the All Star break? Yeah, they could have waited till today or you know yeah. the day after and announce it, and then just yeah. Do you think Chirelli slink at a sorry? Do you think there's is it a benefit or uh, does it help or hurt that the Oilers had this break after the firing? Do you think? I, I no. think I think I think it's probably the best thing that could happen. Yeah, because you know you see Adam Larson is in who who is you know having a tough time right now. I felt really bad from that. I know. I felt terrible. Like now he's got a chance to like go to Hawaii and kind of regroup and just kind of like let go of hockey for a little bit. His dad died, correct? Yeah, last year. Um so and 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 but that goes for like all the players. Like, okay, let's just go and recalibrate. I bet you Connor is calling all of them individually, seeing how they're doing, 
and and that's like, hey man, when we get back, let's fucking show these fuckers what's up. Like to say that like the problem is a five to six year problem. Let's prove these guys wrong. Let's did, put it on the board. Did uh, Keith Gretzky call any of the players over the All Star break? I I want to I want to hope so. Did Hitch call any of the players? Is that Hitch's job? Uh, yeah, but I think this is more of an internal thing because Hitch is already there. You know, it was there before. I guess maybe Keith coming in, maybe some go. But this is this is we got a Vegas Golden Knights situation where everyone has now written them off, and now here's an opportunity for these guys to all stick together and play for each other. Like we're not we're not the Tampa Bay Lightning, but if everyone plays for each other and puts in a solid effort and is there to support one another, because right now everyone's like on their own island and fractured. So let's bring them together and let's play for one another and let's see what we can get out of it. Because I honestly don't think our roster's that bad. As bad as it's getting scrutinized right now. Yeah, we've got some salary cap issues and that's, yeah, that sucks. But I don't think it's as bad and I think there's an opportunity to unlock that. But once again, I'm, I'm the constant optimistic, but like I'm really drinking the Kool-Aid that Connor has been saying these last few days in, ver- in a very important time. Very important time. I wish I was as optimistic about you as you about the roster. There's a lot of players that fucking suck, man. Like, I'm going to go ahead and bet that next year, seven of the players that are currently on the Edmonton Oilers are not in the NHL next year. I want you to list those off. Let's take a break. And we'll come back right after this real life podcast. Alberta is where you find hardworking hands. Where prairie grown rye meets mountain spring water. Where we pull dragons from the ground. And we choose Rig Hand Distillery. Vodka, whiskey, gin, and more. Rig Hand is made from Alberta-grown ingredients, locally distilled and distributed. It's a bottle of Alberta. Ask for award-winning Rig Hand in your liquor store and visit RigHandDistillery.com. Before the break, Bag Milk was about to bust out a serious bag of truth. <laughs> okay, so maybe, maybe I got a little heavy. Now that I'm looking at the roster, I said seven. I'm going to see at least four here. Colby Cave, get out of here. Brandon Manning, sorry, bro. Kevin Gravel, gone. Ty Ratty, so long, bro. There's four at least. Keep going. What's Those wrong are, with Gravel? Gravel is a adequate seventh if you're the Edmonton Oilers. Do you think he's getting anywhere near the Tampa Bay Lightning's roster? I think... As a seventh, for sure, just because he they've they've got cap situation, right? Like he is, I think he's a value contract. See, I could I could buy that one, but I still don't think that he would be in a good NHL team. So there's four guys right there that have occupied some major time, and I'll throw five: Spooner, who is currently not in the NHL. So there's five players, and that's what combined. Spooner's gonna where's where's he? We're not gonna buy. Please tell me we don't fucking buy him out. He could just be in the NHL. But he still can't. Yeah, fuck. That's not the NHL. Yeah, that's true. So I'm looking at that's five guys that have played sizable amounts of time with the Edmonton Oilers that probably are not going to be in the league. Next I don't year. mind Colby Cave. I like what he's done. He's had an immediate impact on the team. But you he know what? Shirley he fired. Yeah, you know, exactly. But you know what? He, he's one of those guys though that he's a waiver pickup away from being you know landing. Well, that's fine. I think wherever. him on your fourth line at that contract is fine because he's gonna he actually puts in the effort. I just don't think it. I like. My point is that they're depending on a lot of guys that are not fit for the role. We're talking about one guy, big, thick beard. His lame is really long, like blah, blah, blah. blah Joe Gambardella. That's the one. Yeah. Where's he gone? He's back down to the Condors. 
guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like it's that's what they've been doing forever. He's overripe. Yeah. Oh, he's, we're gonna yeah. leave guys down in the AHL till they're overripe. <laughs> ah, and that's my forensic audit. In, in in fact, I have found enough here in my forensic audit that there has been fraud. Perfect. A lot of fraud, man. Now we file a complaint with the Better Business Bureau. Better Business Bureau. Are they going to make the playoffs? Jay. I think they're going to, they're going to, they're going to make a run. Okay. That's, that's what's, I think they're going to put in an effort. Will it be like the year? Was it 08 when Nielsen and Gagne and Cogliano and were one game away, 17 and four uh, down the strip or whatever it was stretched or what, whatever it was. Is it going to be that level of excitement? I hope so. Yeah, I, I, I fucking hope. And you know what? It fucking better be. And I said, if, if, if they're putting in an effort and losing games, well, then that's fine. But like that Carolina game or the Detroit game. Where they just like mail it in for a couple of periods and then put the full court press on. And then like, that's the way it should have been the whole time. They yeah. won the game 8-1. It's crazy. So we need to, we just need to unlock and sustain that energy, focus, effort. And so... I think, I, th- I think, I think, I think, because like even if you heard Daryl's post game comp uh, interview, like after the Detroit game, he's just like looking forward to getting back into in, into making a run. No, and I appreciate that. I just have a hard time not looking at the numbers of a team who's been outshot fifteen of the last seventeen games and think that they've got a great shot at making. Outside of Connor, Leon, and Nuge, I think we're fucked, and I hate saying that. And I would Clef never, bomb. I would never doubt. Well, of course, Clefbaum's <laughs> coming back. Thank uh, Jay, bless your heart. You're a good guy. And, well, and, and, Clefbaum, and, bag milk, you piece of shit. And, I will and, never and, doubt a team with Connor McDavid on it. Could he drag this team by himself into the playoffs? You're goddamn right, he can, and I believe he will. However, I don't think he's going to be getting a lot of help from 17 of the other players on the team. Maybe 16 because Clefbaum's coming. Back. As long. As they put in an effort, that is it. It doesn't need to be about skill. It needs to be about grinding and pounding, and then let the and then create space for the talent guys to be talent guys, and then have pucks go in off your fucking face. We need to we need to get that back. We need Gator. We need our Gator. Well, do you bring in Billy Guerin to be GM? So you know what. Uh, Dusty on the weekend wrote about Bill Guerin as a potential option. Is a he that guy's really qualified? Yeah, man, and he was a very, good, very he's qualified. A good Oiler in an era where no one talks about the Oilers from that era, like Doug Wade as coach of the Oilers or assistant coach, rather than Glenn blah, 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 from Calgary. Okay, yeah, let's bring in the Flames head coach. Anyways, I think that Bill Guerin could be exactly the kind of guy we need around here. If 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 he's qualified, I don't know enough. If if he's actually good, is Dusty, yeah. did Dusty wrote about it in the nation did right? Dusty yeah. wrote about it on uh, I think Saturday, maybe yeah. Sunday. But yeah, he yeah. wrote about Bill Guerin is very qualified. Yeah. He's run many things in the Penguins organizations. He has cup rings with the Penguins. Fits kn- the bill. He knows how to. Hey, it's a little pun there. Yeah, ah, it's a nice little pun. Well, and you know what? He come so he he's he's actually got the experience we need in the sense of he's dealing with a team that has Melkin and Crosby. Now, granted. Crosby you- took the ultimate, like to, to show how professional and committed he is to our, his organization. He took the craziest hometown discount of hometown discounts. Air adjusted, though. Connors is probably similar. Is it? 
Probably. I mean, roughly, right? And the thing is, like, he understands what I like about that scenario is he understands what it's like to build a team around Crosby and Malkin. Yes. So he's had that experience. So, like I said, I think he could be a very solid candidate. I really do. I hope their list is a lot longer than the one person like it was last time. To me, it seemed like Mac T fired Monday, Trelly brought in Wednesday. Do you know what I mean? That's what it seemed like to me, and that drove me crazy. In what world do you not interview candidates for your job? Because there's something in the water. There's an there's a the forensic audit came back. Fraud. Like, because you're not actually doing your job. You're not actually you think you're smarter than everybody. That's a big problem is you think they're smarter than everybody. And the results on the ice couldn't be showing you the opposite to be true more. Too many negatives in that sentence. The results on the ice show you that you're wrong. And you're like, no, you're like Principal Skinner. Am I out of touch? No, it's the children. The children are the ones who were wrong. Do you ever see Vegas Vacation? Yeah. Chevy Chase? Of course. Well, the Oilers remind me of when Chevy Chase was trying to win his money back. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They've yeah. lo- they've blown all their ideas. They're like, just no, I can get it back. I can get it back. I just, and then now they're digging up cousin whatever savings in his yard. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah, what they yeah, are. Yeah. And what's funny is, is they <laughs> actually, they fit the bill perfectly. So you watch those shows with the people that those windfall shows that people win tons of money in the lottery and just fucking their life melts and falls yeah, apart. Yeah, you mean everybody who wins the lottery? So the Oilers won the lottery. They got the golden fucking ticket and they got Connor McDavid. And what's happening? Fucking falling apart. They had no financial literacy before or after the lotto win. That's a good painful. They yeah. just get it's like But I still believe instead of buying a house, they're buying rims is what they're doing. They're spending all their money on rims. You can't spend all your money on rims. Well, their first focus as as a high up organization was to convert this into a real estate play and not think about the sustainability of the of the the players on the ice and the quality of the product. My hope is that this problem lands on Kate's desk. Well, I feel well, <laughs> what, what, what? it should always be on his it's desk. It's not. It, well, clearly, if Cates was making more decisions about the organization and not. He's being too tolerant. I agree. That's what I'm saying. That's the thing. And he does not roll like that. So why is he being so tolerant? Because it's not his area of expertise. But he understands wins and losses, profits and losses. This is why I think, you know, one thing that Cates doesn't get enough credit for. And he does make a lot of moves behind the scenes. We hear occasionally whispers about him like he's the Phantom of the Opera. But like he brought Wayne Gretzky home, right? He's done he signed Wayne things. Gretzky to a very, very long-term contract after Gretzky was rattled at the NHL mm-hmm. about how he was traded. Cates went down, made the bridge, brought Gretzky home. There he is. That to me is what happens when it hits his desk. If what are we going to do about the organization hits his desk and he doesn't go to Kevin Lowe with what do I do about this? And he doesn't go to Nicholson about what do I do about this? And he goes off grid and makes his own decision. I think he could get Iserman in here. I think if Daryl Cates flew in a solid gold jet to beat Steve Iserman, he could sell him on. If there is a group of fans in the league that deserve a winner more than Oilers fans, I don't know who it is. They could go to him like Star Wars went to J.J. Abrams mm-hmm. when they said, we bought uh, Disney bought Star Wars and said, we're going to ruin this, J.J. We need you. And like we said, tried for Danny Heatley. Yeah. Did they update the DVD? We we couldn't we couldn't sway Danny Heatley. Maybe maybe the video is just on a thumb drive now. Oh man! Thank God we didn't. <laughs> so, uh, but maybe that's that fell on his desk. He gassed up the jet and couldn't get Danny. Heatley. I'm not, I'm not saying like a, no no. He has done a lot of great things, but like all that like but I'm just saying if if it gets to Kate's desk, 
he could do a deal that the rest of the OEG could never do is my point. If he makes it his mind to find his Brendan Shanahan and go away from the Lou Lamarillas running the team, anybody could come in here. If it goes back to the old boys and it doesn't even hit his desk because he's busy or whatever the hell he's doing, I think that this is going to be the last chapter before something real, real bad happens to the program. It's still holding together-ish. But I think that, like, you know, I, did you see um, Chalmers' wife and uh, Shay Gannam arguing with Brian Hall in the news? No. There was a clip this weekend where Brian Hall was in the news the morning, and then uh, Aaron Chalmers and then Shay Gannam were talking, and Brian Hall's being a dick, and Gannam just loses it on him. Like, and legit? Legit. It was going, it was blowing up. And he was like, do you think Connor's even going to want to be around here to wait? And I'm like, man, that's like, okay, I get it. And I think a lot of Edmontonians and Oilers fans are asking themselves that question. I think that the Oilers not having any real force coming out of Connor being like, I want to still be an Oiler isn't smart. But I think that like, if they don't bring in somebody off grid to make, start making decisions around here, I think that's the next fucking step in all of this. And it might be five years, but like the noise, I think Oilers fans don't want Connor to be released. And I don't think anybody would blame for it either. I think that's, that to me is the worst part about it for the organization is that you could lose the best player in a decade and nobody that watches your team would blame him for it. I don't think there's going to be many people willing to part or as many people willing to part with ticket money. If they're willing to let the best player leave, you can't be like, well, we failed Connor best. He leaves. Anywho, how much for a mini pack next year? Like, <laughs> yeah, no. Jared's got his fingers in the air. Three. I think that uh, three minutes. Yeah, let's do some best and worst here, gang. I've got a best of the week that is going to light your hair on fire. Hunter, talk to me on Instagram. What? Yeah. Oh, buddy. He took a photo. I've probably left two dozen comments Wait, on he his talked shit. you on a comment? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to burst your bubble, but he did this to me like a month ago. Well. I got a lull from him a while ago. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, like, you know, like, maybe I was the last one of the three of us to lose our virginity. It's still special to me. Well, that's good. That's good. But he took a photo with Gritty. Oh, yeah, he did. And I said, Hunter, Gritty's 15 minutes of fame. If the, if the mascots were NSYNC, you'd be JT and Gritty would just be Chris Kirkpatrick. And he said, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. That is a bold take, oh, too. Actually, Gritty is Chris a, Kirkpatrick? Wow. The nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Well, that's... Okay, that's yeah. I think I got like a couple words out of him. Well, like I'm just happy they talked to me because I've that's said, a lot that's more good. than the lull no, I got. Yeah, I've said a lot of shit that's to worthy. him. That's worthy. As never, far as the power rankings go, my lull is in third no, place for that, that one. I've left dozens of comments, and that was the first time I got it. So for it, hey, I don't care. For me, I'm happy. No, no, no that's good. Yeah. He actually took the time to form a sentence, and so it was the nicest thing I ever said to him. Did uh, man, it would be. I'm thinking about gritty now. Man, it'd be a great time to be gritty because he is expected. To fuck around with the fans. Yeah. He was in the stands this weekend, grabbed a Penns fan's hat, and chucked it up to the stands. That is the best. He's like, hey, man, I'm gritty. This is what I do. And you're going to like it because I'm gritty. Some guy from a blog in Philadelphia started telling me off because I was pumping up uh, Hunter and dissing gritty. And he was like, yeah, your mascot's a piece of shit and your team's a joke. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, but I don't live in Philly. So, you know. I'm yeah, I would agree with the. Uh, Man, Hunter's cool as shit. What do you got against Hunter? You go to a game. <laughs> what did you just call him? Yeah, Hunter. Well, <laughs> you go to a game and watch him walk up a handrail with his drum in his hand and you don't be impressed, then you got no soul, my friend. He's got moves. He's got skill. 
He's not just a guy in a costume standing there for hugs. And he's shredded. Come he's on. Jacked. What other mascot is shredded? Another uh, interesting thing I noticed, because the NHL put out a picture of all the mascots, only Harvey the Hound does not wear a team jersey. It's got coveralls on or whatever, overalls. But that's it. No jersey for Harvey. So Calgary. That's so Calgary. Calgary. Jay got a best? Uh, I got to think about this. What is my best? You know what? My best of the week is I went into the weekend like going in like very upset with the Oilers and actually having the thoughts of like, does Connor want to stay here? Does Connor like, would he want to stay here? And uh, Connor David has put my mind at ease. I actually believe he is committed to this team. And I, I'm feeling good. And I think they're going to put in that effort. And um, I'm thankful that Connor McDavid is an oiler because this has been a very difficult past week, two weeks, three weeks, full season. And uh, he is saying the right things. And that to me is a sign of a good leader. Amen. And uh, I feel really good about that. Bag yeah. milk. My best of the week is very self-serving. I'm going to go ahead and give myself a shout out for an excellent interview that I did with George LaRock on Friday at ON Radio. You're going to go ahead and download that wherever you get your podcast from. I don't listen to podcasts. Well, you should listen to that one because yeah. Big George had takes. Yeah, George, Jay was in the room as a fan. Was Jay was our guy. audience. It was good. Uh, that was You guys did such a good job and uh, George really delivered. And, you know, it's... It's nice to say that he's on our side. He's on our side in every possible way. My best of the week is the one and only Georges Larocque. Like, Wanye, we threw out a date to him in this interview. This is a date. Do you have any idea what that means? And he's like, oh, yes. Hit me with the date. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it was. It was like (laughs) like February something 2000. January. I'm going to just say January 15, 2000. He's like, of course. It was his hat trick night. And he vividly described everything every single moment of that game and the fact that he had that much recalled the pass from Boyd Devereaux as I'm pulling a spin move I'm thinking to myself you haven't even pulled this off in practice bro you can't be doing this in a game and then it goes in and I come flying out and then he talks about Rod Phillips call on that goal it's fantastic George big shout out to George love George Wanye gonna listen to that Best of the week for you, sir. Well, no, that was Hunter talking to me. Worst of the week for you, sir. <laughs> well, it's a good one. It's a tough one. I feel like on the one, like, I, what's his nuts? Uh, the guy from TSN that always does stuff with Gregor. Strudwick? No, no, no. Rashog. Rashog. So we're always shitting on the media. Like, you never hold the others to account. You had pieces of garbage. And then Rashog went down to the All-Star game and tried to hold the others to account. People were like, hey, leave Connor alone. Yeah, that was very odd. Right. I think the worst of the week for me is just like the last week since the Torelli. It just really pains me to watch the Oilers in the city of Edmonton get dragged through the mud. Yeah. It really, for me, like, it, I don't know if it's just still echoes of the prong. Was the Pronger trade? I guess the it was the Gretzky trade that was the real first explosion in our collective psyche. Mm-hmm. We were, then, I, I was too young to yeah, really process as it. an oiler fan. Like yeah. say. And then the dismantling of the of the 80s oilers in the 90s and then being the low rent bitch of the league that any time David Oliver had 20 goals, you'd lose him. But I feel like that dark storyline just just continuing this week. So many people shit on me on Twitter. Yeah. 
No, oh, it was. It, I, I, that's why I wanted to take Shirelli's hood pass from him because, <laughs> like, Edmonton is the Oilers. The Oilers are Edmonton. Like, there is that connection because we make it so because we're so passionate and fans. But like, it it weighs on your civic pride and it gives, and everyone is gonna exploit that. And everyone from all thirty other markets just fucking laugh at you like you're an idiot because of this. And it's like enough's a fuck enough. Like that's why we will be like our the the, the you know like you you pull back like on a oh, what the hell a slingshot and like you know you only pull back so far. But if you really want like we've had so much time to pull back that when that release comes like we're gonna be unbearable. Like when I we fire we were back, there. I when thought we, we were clap there. back because remember back. I'm fucking taking names. Oh yeah, oh, I got yeah. DM by somebody and I want to sound like a big shot, so I won't say who. And he had a check mark next to his name, and he's in the media. And he said, "Hey, just wanted to give you guys a congrats. I thought things were going to get really, really dark at Oilers Nation when Trelli got fired, but it's really good to see that you guys are still trying to stay positive. That's all we got." And I said to him, "That's all we got at this point, man. All we got is a little bit of hope and a little bit of laughter, and that's about all we got." And ninety-seven, ninety-seven, and blame the water tees. Blame the water tees. Part of my favorite thing about Oilers fans when other teams take shots at us is you can't do it better than we can, man. Oh, no. If you want to get in the mud, welcome to our world, baby, because we were born here. We were molded in here. Is there another team? We got thick skin. Oh, yeah. As organized a fan base online than Oilers Nation? No. Anybody? No. No. We are awesome fans in the sense of like, like you hear rumblings of like, like, like still talking to this day about the Oilers fans who went down to Vegas. And like you, you hear like we travel well and we just <laughs> yeah. like mobilize. Yeah. The gallows humor that comes out of Oilers fans in these dark times is the best. My worst of the week, Wanye. I don't know how this slipped under our radar. I just don't know. But on September 7th, 2017, the world lost rotten.com oh no and i just found this out today i don't know about you wanye or jay but when i was a youngster i used to go over to rotten.com and i would have my mind blown the shenanigans on that website the weird shit they would post the rotten.com like pick of the week or whatever it was called that was kind of like break.com slash it's basically like the predecessor to the meme era very much so and i think it's interesting that that kind of broke my teeth in the internet of seeing really weird shit and I remember being jarred by things that I saw at Rotten.com. What did you see at Rotten that freaked you out? I, rem- I very specifically remember a woman with the largest bush I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Up to the belly button, down to the knees kind of stuff. Oh, and the caption is, Jeeves, fetch me my weed whacker. Ah, 12-year-old bag milk could not believe what he was seeing. Burned into my brain. And I guarantee you, if I, if I text a bunch of my buddies from high school right now and just said, Jeeves, fetch me my weed whacker... They would all know exactly what I'm talking about. So my worst of the week is a unfortunately delayed goodbye to our friends at Rotten.com for molding the minds of a generation. Now you can see people get shot on Worldstar almost every day. However, Rotten.com was the originator. They were like the e-bombs world Ah. of weird shit. For that, I thank them. Too bad they couldn't translate over. It's like when Vine shut. Yeah. That was sad. It was sad. There was great stuff on Vine. There was great stuff on Vine. Great. And then like the, the Twitter accounts like Vine forever and there's still people the same stuff. Like it's sad when the soldier goes down. The world's never the same. Never the same. Rotten.com, you will be missed. 
and you have been. I think we should call this one overripe defined. <laughs> Finally. All right, yeah. gang. Well, I've got a worse. You, week. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry. I thought no, you were wrapping no, it up. No, no, there. no, no. Mine's uh I had to kind of reach the well. Mine's kind of random. Uh and fuck that. Yeah, I just I it, it's it, I I feel bad. So if anyone's aware of the LRT construction that's happening in Edmonton right now, uh, 102nd Ave is shut down and uh, for, for the construction of the line. So for a big chunk of, I, I can't remember from what street, like 103rd or 103rd street to 97th street or something shut down. And why, why this is the most, there's a business, there's a second cup that has been open for hundreds <laughs> of years that is now shut down. As a result of this. And I feel bad. Because mm-hmm. that's not their fault. Mm-mm. And uh, yeah, I, I, that, that's my worst. I saw that. And I just, I just felt bad for the business. Because that's like a situational thing that you can't like, you just can't pick up and move your coffee shop to combat that. So I feel bad because that's an unforeseen risk that uh, presented itself. That's like when High Street was going through horrible problems off yeah. 124 because of the bridge. You're still paying your property taxes. Yeah. You're still paying your business taxes. I, I think I wish there was some kind of, and, and maybe I don't know the full story. Maybe the, the cafe was hurting before that, but maybe someone should have, maybe the landlord should have helped out. You're a caring, caring man. Yeah. See you next week. Real Life Podcast. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.